Welcome to Miracles in Recovery with Ray Lynch. If you are one of the millions of people facing addiction issues or the loved one of someone who is, we're here to help and to discuss solutions. Hope is in your corner. Now, here's your host, Ray Lynch. Good evening and welcome to Miracles in Recovery. Let me throw the disclaimer out there again. I am not in the studio alone, even though I'm the only human in it. <laughs> Ellen, I you're still sure. up in the, the, the beautiful mountains of North Carolina, freezing your tail off. Yeah, but they're getting more beautiful every day. Oh, no, I'm sure. I'm sure it's coming back to life up there, right? Yes, it is. Thankfully, it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, so we... I'd like to see the, the blooms and the green starting. Yeah, you know, it, there's two nice times, well, two two nicer times of year in the mountains. It's spring and fall. Yes, definitely. Both, both yeah. are beautiful. Yeah, around around the globe, actually. I mean, we're really the only, you know, being in Florida, we're the only, well, that, that you know, we, we uh, don't have seasons, you know. I mean, there are, you know, people on the West Coast that are that low, San Diego, don't have seasons either. But, um, you know, that's one thing I do miss is the color. I don't miss the cold. Yeah, but you can fly up and see it and leave. <laughs> That's what this I This is true. Say. This is very true. Make one of those day trips just to go look at the leaves. Yeah. Hey, go we got it leaves. like that, right? Yeah. Or, you know, a week, whatever, but, you know. Uh, a week? The darkness in the winter is terrible. Yeah, ultimately, I'm selling the house up there, so I'm going to be uh, probably having to go up soon. And, you know, I mean... I'm hoping it goes the first day it's on the market because that way it makes it easier that way. But, um, you know, I, I could wait until July, but I don't want to wait that long. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's the best time to be in that area of the country. Well, you know something? I was looking at Zillow, and I mean, who knows what, you know, what, what that is. But they say that April or May are the best two months, depending on where you are, to list a house. That that is true because people are getting out of school and they're they want to get the house and get in it before the school year starts. So yeah, spreading their wings a little bit or making that move, yeah. like you said, making the commitment before you know to get their kids settled and and then into school. Yes, that that seems to be a trend everywhere, even where we yeah. are. Believe it or not. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, you know, I was you know we we do a lot of. Um, in in today's society, we do a lot of social media surfing, and um, you know we see some good, some bad. I, I downloaded this thing that I saw on someone's website, and I want to read it because I want to I want to comment on it. It's it's kind of um, striking for what it, for what it is. It's it says I am sharing. I did not write it. It is a sad reality. I went to the pharmacy the other day to get a prescription filled. While I was standing outside waiting for them to fill it, a young man came walking by. He looked up at me, nodded, and said, hi. I nodded back and said, hey, how's it going? He said, well, I'd be lying to you if I told you good. I have to go in here and get my Suboxone, and the minute you say that, everyone looks at you like you're scum of the earth. Now, he didn't look scary or strung out like the addicts on TV, which which is kind of like a 
stereotype, but he right. did look de- but he did look defeated. A few minutes later, I went back in and sat down in a chair and was waiting when I heard him talking to the pharmacist. He said, "I'm trying to get my life straightened out. I've made a few bad decisions, but I'm trying." The pharmacist was being very professional. He never looked, never took his eyes off the computer while he was asking questions. Not once did he change facial expressions or tone of voice, but I noticed other people looking at him as if he was a leper. He said again, I'm really not a bad person. I just made some mistakes. Then to my surprise, he looked down at his feet and in a half mumble said, my mother loves me. At that moment, I didn't see a struggling addict. I saw a child that was hurt and scared and felt all alone. A child reaching his arms out for someone to pick him up and make it all better. That image was so clear in my mind that it broke my heart. The pharmacist told him what the cost was, and another another disappointed look came over this young man's face. Again, I saw a child that just found out that he had been left behind. He said, I'm sorry. I thought it would only be 5 or $6. I don't have that much. I stepped up behind him and said, I'll cover the rest of it. He turned around with a shocked look on his face, and I repeated, I'll cover the rest. He said, no, man, you don't have to do that. I looked at the pharmacist and said, I'll cover the rest of it. The young man looked at me but had no words. I said, you don't have to say anything. Just take care of yourself. I placed the money in his hand and walked back over and sat down. It didn't take long for somebody to make their way over to me and say, you shouldn't give them money. You better go get it back. I replied, that's between me and him, and what he does with it is between him and God. I didn't tell you this because I did something special. The money wasn't that much. I'm telling you this for the first time I realized how judgmental we all are. All of us live in a neighborhood full of drug addicts, but for the first time I realized that they're a victim of a bad decision. How many of us have made bad decisions? How many of us thought that we could make that big car payment? We could afford that big, beautiful house. We could gamble just once. These two are all bad decisions, and they can have devastating effects on our lives and the lives of those close to you. Do I look at all these people the same way I do an addict? Here lately... I've seen a lot of that little kid in all the faces I see. What a wake-up call. If someone is trying to do better, if they're doing the right thing, we need to build them up, not tear them down. None of us have clean hands when it comes to making bad choices. Some choices are just more complex than others. I mean, boom. What, what, What else can you say? You know, we've, we've talked many different times about how people, how society looks down, even even me when I was out there running around like a nut, how society looked down on me and on what I was doing. And here's this poor kid just trying to, just trying to do the right thing. And people are still looking at him in that vein. And, you know, I think we will never, ever get on top of this disease. We will never, ever get the better of it 
if we still have that attitude, you know. And one of the one of the things that that hit me is that nearly two hundred people a day are dying from this disease, and that number is that much more greater. I just used the one two hundred because that's what came out. Um, you know, from from secondary illnesses, from from overdoses, from you know, drug-related, alcohol-related deaths are one of the largest numbers that take Americans and, and the nation out. And, you know, it's all because we're looking down on these people instead of trying to build them up when they're trying to do the right thing. I agree 100%. Um, you know, as you know, my daughter uses Suboxone, and she has been judged very harshly by by other addicts, but got to look at what happened. She got her life together. Oh, absolutely. You know, she's got a great career going. She went to school. She's got a great career going. She's, she sat, you know, she's she sat in jail clean. Yeah, she sat in jail clean. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. And didn't go back out when she got out. No, she didn't use it as a justifiable uh, excuse to, to use again, right. you know, and that's, and that's what right. I mean. And and if somebody walks into where it is that she's working and has no clue of her past, they wouldn't even know the difference. Like if somebody doesn't exactly. know the if somebody doesn't know that I'm a recovering addict, they would never ever know by how I carry myself. But there right. are people out there today that still look at me in that same light as an, as an addict because of my behavior, not because of who I am today. It's because of my, my yesterday's behavior yeah, your and past behavior. right. We'll never ever get on top of this thing. If we keep that, um, momentum because that's what it is. I mean, uh, you know, somebody sees the light and then three people look down their nose. So it, right. it's, it's tough. It's a struggle. And, and, you know, and like, like what you read, I thought it was just so beautiful. He saw the little boy. You know, yeah. The scared little boy that just, you know, just needed to be loved. Yeah. And that's, that's how we know, are. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I that's remember, what you need. Yeah. I remember being uh, on the, um, when I was, when I was actively working on the fire department and we would pull up to, we would pull up to. Um, emergency scenes, we would be the first one on on the scene, and there would be a you know an, an addict overdosed uh, you know on the floor, and um, the uh, mannerisms would change when we get up there. If it was a little girl and she stubbed her toe and we were bandaging it until the ambulance came, everybody was caring. We went upstairs and there was someone laying on the floor and everybody was hands off. And I used to have to remember to tell and say out loud, remember, we are all one bad decision away from being this gentleman on the floor or this lady on the floor. There's someone's child. There's someone's husband. There's someone's wife. This isn't a, this, they're not making a conscious effort to be this way. They're, they're, no, they're stuck in the ground. Them there. Yeah. I mean, I think, and, you know, I think I point, consciously, it, you know, you make the one bad decision, but then it becomes, you don't have a choice. Right. It becomes not, not a choice. I made the choice to make the bad decision. I didn't know where it would bring me. Um, did, did I welcome it? Probably because 
um, at that point, I was already in it and I was already negatively justifying it. You know, I was already on the way. Like I said, the very first time I got high, I didn't physically uh, get addicted, but mentally something happened to me. And I chased that for years. And, and, you know, I was spiritually, uh, mentally and physically broken for, for a long time. And mentally is where it got me. So that bad decision I made, I immediately paid a price for it. And so did everyone else that, that loves me. Now, if you take something else and you go, okay, I just, you know, I want to buy this brand new car and the, and the scummy, the scummy dealer goes, I'm going to smoke this kid because I know the car is coming back. We're going to take a couple of payments. Kid makes a couple of payments. They, they repo the car. Everybody goes, oh, poor guy. Yeah. What about his brother? That's the addict that made just a different, more devastating, bad decision. They get looked at in a completely different light. Oh, yeah. I I actually, I used to make my book club read books about addiction because Mm -hmm. I I feel like people need to be educated. And there's some really good books out there. And Mm. one of them actually said, I think we should just let them all die. Yeah, it's crazy. So I said to her, and and they didn't know, I said, oh, I should just let my children die. And that, you know, that kind of brought it home. It's like, yeah, it happens to everybody. Yes, uh-huh. You're not exempt because, you know, you've got a $200,000 a year job. Sorry. No, no. Like, you know, or a million dollar a year job or, you know. Yeah, no matter what. It, you're it, the wealthiest you know, it person takes all, in the world. Yeah. It happens everywhere all the time. And people are cruelly judgmental about it because you it's know, very and- easy to look down on an addict. Well, and I think it's also, you know, like like I said, when I when we responded to medical calls and there were addicts on the floor, it's easy, er, and I'm saying er, to be standoffish with that type of behavior because it, you know when you when you when you go in there, you go like, what do I have to offer this person? You know, so I get that I get that it's easier to be standoffish because of the stereotypical um, response that that all addicts get like this, like this uh, individual saying, you don't have to uh, don't give them money, you know, like what? It's not it's not the act of giving them money. Right. You know, you could take them and get them food and actually be using And I'm guilty. I've done that before. I paid for other things, for, for um, my brother-in-law, for my yeah. daughter. Uh-huh. You know, because they spent their money on drugs, but they still had to have, you know, the things that they needed to stay alive. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm guilty of that. Everybody's guilty of that, and I I, right. I I don't think that that's a I don't think that that's a bad thing. You know what what I choose to do with what I choose to do with my cash, what I choose to do with my time, what I choose to do with my conscience is nobody's business but my own. So if exactly. somebody's second guessing that I'm assisting somebody who is saying that they want to get better, and you see the hurt in their face in their soul. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm supposed to turn my back and say, well, don't give these people money. No, you don't hand them $20 and, and wish them the best. 
you 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 pay for the service that they need you know and 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 who's to say that that act of kindness right there didn't boost that kid on the path to being clean and sober now for however long that act of kindness could have just been that little thing that made this kid feel a little bit more than the creep that he felt like when he walked in the door right and made that the difference you know i think i think it's having people supporting you and being behind you and yeah. my daughter who as you know does hair actually went to a place that we have locally that that houses for free female addicts and she did their hair and while she's doing their hair she's telling them about her adventures which were right. pretty hair raising and and mm-hmm. she said to them and she she said if i can do it Anybody can do it. And yeah, anybody true. can do it. Yep, yep. And 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 but, that's you know, a- she felt really good giving back to them. She, I mean, she called me and she was just on cloud nine. And now yeah, she's I- the only sane person in our family, so <laughs> she's she's very happy. Yeah, and you know, I mean, that's 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 the thing. I mean, you you, you know, you give you give back a little bit, and, and it makes you feel a little bit better. We'll take your calls at eight six six four seven two five seven nine two. That's eight six six four seven two five seven nine two. When Ellen and I return on the Miracles and Recovery Show, we'll be back in a moment. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today with one thing that has been consistent, inconsistency. Both healthcare providers and patients have to work around and get used to a constantly changing set of rules and issues. Nurses have historically been left out of this decision-making. Listen to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. Health professionals, we invite you to share your ideas and experiences while listening to experts in various areas of nursing. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Ready to transform your health and your world? Join host Melissa Alexander for Insight Living with Vitality. Melissa and her guests go behind the scenes on what it takes for practitioners and clients to transform themselves and others. She provides insight to medical procedural breakthroughs, available product resources, and explains lifestyle choices designed to improve and expand your vitality. It's time to get rid of that baggage, remove those blockages, and prevent buildup from hindering your progress in life. Tune in every month. Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. 
Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. And we're back. Wow, that was quick. Um, yeah, so we were talking about this this thing that I read on uh, read on social media, and you know, I, it's it's really about just having an awareness or an acknowledgement that these broken people that exist in our society are, are someone's children, someone's. You know, there's someone's children, there's someone's loved ones, and bad decisions have put them where they are. And one of the th- one of the things that you know I-, I need to remind myself of is that when I'm in stores anywhere and I see something that catches my eye as strange, or you know the way somebody's dressed, or the way somebody, you know. Um, I was brought up, fortunately, I was brought up by the parents I was brought up by. If I was brought up by anybody else's parents, I probably would have been a different individual. So I have gratitude for who I am and how I was brought up. Granted, I threw that away for many years while I was using, but I have gratitude for the morals and the behaviors that were given to me. And not everybody had my parents Right. You know, I was, I, you know, the, the community that I grew up in, it was a pretty close knit community. But like, I remember being a child saying, man, am I grateful for my parents? So that tells you that maybe some of the kids that I was playing around with, the parents weren't as loving or caring or um, understanding. And, you know, I think today, in today's society, we, everybody kind of loses that. I mean, turn on the TV and look what's going on. You know, it's so easy to be jaded in today's society. If you don't agree with me, I hate you. Well, yeah, that's not mm-hmm. the way to do things. And, and we're never going to get past this point with addiction if we don't look at it in a different light. Yeah, and it's scary. You know, I spent a lot of time trying to educate people, trying to think of ways to educate people who, you know, haven't maybe bumped up against it up close and personal and, you know, are still... Because I was the same way, I will admit. Mm -hmm. Before this happened to me, I was extremely judgmental. Looked down, thought it was a, you know, you're making a choice to do this, you know? I didn't know what I didn't know. And I think that's, that's a big part of it. People are so ignorant. Society has this very um, old-fashioned view of, you know, it's it's a moral failing, it's weakness, all of those things, and it's not. Well, I, I don't necessarily know if it's old-fashioned. I think it's. I mean, that's that's a good term for it because you know that that behavior back then was kind of behind closed doors, but it's it's kind of a, a, a pig-headed. Uh, look at how we care about our, our neighbor, our, our community, you know, and, and, you know, you can, you can jokingly say, you know, yeah, if you want to see something cuckoo, just go to Walmart at 
12 o'clock at night or anything like that. That's true. But, you know, if you want to see people doing the right thing, go to a 12-step group. You know, they may not all be there for the same reason you are, but they're, they're all getting the same result. And they're getting, they're all getting the same message and, you know, maybe interpret it differently. Yes. Because yeah, different yeah. people need different things, but the, you know, the message is going out and I, you know, I don't think the message ever changes. I really don't. No, but, the messenger know, me, does. Yeah. The messenger does, but the message the doesn't. The messenger does, but the message doesn't. And, you know, most of the 12 step groups are anonymous and it's unfortunate that we have to be anonymous, but the truth of the matter is. We do. Because I don't think anyone's not get anonymous. That job. Yeah, but I, you well, know, I don't think in today's society, with social media and with um, you know some of the groups that I belong to on, like say Facebook or whatever, um, people drop a dime on themselves in a minute because they know they're going to get the support or they're looking for that reaction. I'm not sure. But one of the things that I do notice is that in today's society, a lot of people um, embrace or when, when I was an addict, it wasn't right in your face. I mean, I, it probably was because people saw me morph into that creature that, that you know, walk the streets for, for a long time, you know, I mean, a a, a good looking healthy kid turned into, you know, a ghost. Right. But today, today, the good looking people are the ones that are suffering because it's, because it's so uh, readily acceptable available. people yeah. available and acceptable. You know, I mean, sad to say when people saw me back then, they would, they would want to cross the street. Because the stigma was still there, an addict was a bad individual. You want to stay away from them. And in today's society, you, you um, even like uh, the show Roseanne, they had her being uh, uh, a pill addict, and that's I think that's how they I think that's how they killed her off, right? Oh, I don't know. I, I wasn't watching it. Yeah, I, I remember reading that. I didn't I watch think, the show. I think maybe, yeah, in real life, Roseanne Barr is or or had a you know had a problem early on. So, you know, maybe she was also trying to make a point. Right, but what I'm saying is, is that in TV, you're sitting there watching TV and you're watching MacGyver or NCIS or yes, one of yes. those shows, and and addiction is in your living room, and you see an individual and they look good and they're, you know, they're a pretty, you know, they're a B-list actor, and you go, oh, he's playing the he's playing the part of an addict. That addict doesn't look bad, and then next you see him in a show and he's he's doing something completely different. So it kind of makes that interpretation of what it is they're doing not the reality of the situation of addiction. Right. Exactly, exactly, because you don't look good after a while. No, you know, you like you say, everybody turns into that same. You probably won't have a home. No. No, you definitely won't. I don't see why. If you if you kept going, there is no common sense reason why you would still have a home. Well, I mean, you know, I'm 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 looking at my daughter. She ended up with no car, no job, basically no friends except for the you know the ones that were doing the same thing that she did. Yeah. Um, so they weren't you know, friends, really. Like you, yeah. you say, you end up homeless, loveless. 
Homeless, and helpless, and loveless. Yep. Yeah. Homeless, helpless, and loveless, and sometimes lifeless. And it is so sad that we we let people get to that point. I mean, mm. not that you can stop somebody, but you know, like you said, if you you know try to hold people up instead of put them down, it makes yeah. such a big difference. Reassure, reassure the good. I mean, there's no, there wasn't much good going on in in my life, um, but I'm sure that if I was if I was struggling and being honest um, about my struggle, like I see a lot of people doing today, they reach out and say, "Hey, you know, I I did it again." You know, then people, you know, get underneath on on Facebook and say, "You know, toughen up and go to your next meeting and this and that and the other thing." I'll see you there. I'll be there for you and this and that. Um, if we honestly, everyone had that approach, I think the numbers would decline towards the good of these people that are dying. I mean, granted, there, there's, you know, fentanyl and all of that stuff that are, that are wiping out neighborhoods because it's that lethal. But I think that the numbers would turn towards the better just from love. Right, you know, and 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 the, right. and the and the sad reality is, is is we're all just this little kid or this young man picking up his suboxone with that little, you know, with, with a, a man shell with a, being a little boy. Exactly, and and then having somebody come behind him and say, "You shouldn't have paid for that." When it's saving his life, he's trying yeah. to get better. Why not say? Wow, that's a great thing you did. Yeah, you know? well, you know, and and the sad reality is, is that we don't see what happened after this interchange. You know, th- there's two ways it could go. the The kid could the kid could say, "Whoa, that was a cool little act of kindness. I am worth something." Mm-hmm. Right, I am worth something. Right. Or the kid could have been the biggest con in the neighborhood, and and smoked the guy for because he wanted to go out and sell his suboxone. Well, I I get it. We're cunning and baffling, you know. Uh, well, I, yeah. I was the best emotional. Chance. Yeah, I was the best emotional terrorist you could find, because everybody else around me was that as well. So that's what I that's what I morphed into. I, I'm a, I was a chameleon out there. I did what everybody else did, and to lie, cheat, and steal is what we did. So if this kid was lying, cheating, and stealing, at least the individual stepped up and showed everyone around him that caring may make a difference. It may not have made a difference on this individual, but on the next one, and don't go, don't go sitting in pharmacies waiting to pay people's bills. No, that's not what I'm saying. (laughs) You know, it, it reminds me of, of, um, couple of times when when Brianna and Brendan were kids, um, we would go to a restaurant and I would find somebody, I would see somebody sitting there by themselves eating, an, an older person, and I would tell the waitress or waiter, you know, bring me their check. And Brianna mm-hmm. said to me once, Brianna said to me once, why are we doing this? And I said, well, because they're sitting there by themselves and they're eating and, and it's about showing a little bit of a little bit of love. It's about showing a little, you know, giving something of yourself. And she says, oh, okay, I get it. For the next six months, 
every time we went out to eat, she would be pointing out all the old people. I said, honey, that's, that's not really how you're supposed to do it. You're not supposed to break me in order to give it in order to feed them. Oh, but she's starting to see, oh, this Yeah, but she understood it. This person, yes. And not and too long cool. after so that. She, not she too will long. grow up to be a kind woman. Right. And not too long after that was we, uh, you know, of course, I'm the um, coordinator for Toys for Tots. And I had a long day at the warehouse and we had a warehouse full of toys. And I told them, I said, you know, go out and pick a toy. Brendan went out and got a basketball, was was throwing it up against the wall, bouncing it around. And Brianna's walking around in circles, like looking at everything. And uh, about 20 minutes later, I said, honey, why haven't you like found anything? She goes, I can't take one of these toys. I said, why not? She said, because someone's going to need it. So she understood what I was, she understood what I meant when we paid for that elderly person's meal. She got it. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and that right there is a spot to be able to set the chain in a positive direction. Now, I don't know what's going to happen of her life, but I do know that we, 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 we've been giving her positive reassure, reassurances and positive messages the whole way through. Now, coming to, a, to making a decision, everybody's capable of making a bad decision, but everyone is capable of making a good decision as well. So getting a bag full of positive knowledge and reassurance and reaffirmance, um, you're probably going to make a positive decision more so than you are a negative. Oh, definitely. Definitely. You know, I I think... I, I don't want to characterize, but it seems almost like there are two kinds of people in the world, the givers and the takers. And I would much rather be a giver. I would much rather be a giver. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you are. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot easier. I mean, you know, it, it's, it, it can be heartbreaking, but yeah. it's a thing. You know, because I, you know, I've been put in... I've, I've been put in situations where because I was, you know, am a giver, I've been burned. And I think, I think when that happens, I think it, you know, it, it allows me the opportunity to, to pull back and be a little bit more cautious next time. But it doesn't mean it's going to change how I am. Because I'm going no, to give I can a even game. give you an example of that. I think my daughter broke into your house one time with somebody. Yeah. But you forgave right. her and helped her again. Yeah, I think she stole my car too. Got pulled over, remember, with no license. Yeah, I believe she, I believe <laughs> yeah. she did. And maybe yeah. we rented somebody. Yeah. But yeah, she, we, could, know, we, we could, were able to. Yeah, we could do a whole show on that. <laughs> yeah, we probably could. Yeah, the, the horror show of. But you know that's the thing. But that's the thing. You don't give up on someone. And today, um, I don't have the contact have had with her in the past. But I see her um, doing the right thing and making the right decisions. And and it's all because of the positive reinforcement that she got while she was struggling. And and I think when you come to the when you come to the road, you know, I I don't know why. I chose February 28th, 1989, why I chose that was the day. I mean, granted, I was at my saturation point, but I think maybe all of those positive seeds 
at that same time all came together and said, okay, enough is enough, guy. Let's let's just see what the how the other half lives. And 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 the 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 main word in that is lives. Right. And lives you know what as I, opposed to exist. Dying and, and lives as opposed to existing. Yeah. I mean that's that's all I was doing. All I was doing was just existing, you know, and um fortunately enough I made it to my saturation point. My saturation point was still um above ground. Some people, you know, a, a lot of people I know didn't didn't make it to that point. But, you know, for the addict out there that's still running around or the the alcoholic that's out there still running around, you don't have to get to zero, you don't have to get put under the ground to stop. Look around. There's there's people that want to reach their hand out, and if you don't see them like right around you, go online or go or whatever, or find a twelve step recovery group. No matter what it is, if you're if you're a heroin addict, and there's a there's a Overeaters Anonymous meeting in the next hour, go there. Because the message is the same, like you said, Ellen. The message, the messenger is a little different, but the basic message is the same, and that can start you in a in a positive way to do what you need to do to get out of your own way. You know, and if you don't understand what I'm saying by getting out of my own way, I constantly, constantly, constantly put myself in the next jackpot. My mother used to tell me I had the brown touch. Everything I touched turned to shit, which is true. <laughs> because if, if, I, if I put my hands on it, I either stole it, broke it, or whatever, just threw it out of my way because it was no use to me. And today, that's just not the case. I know where to put my. I know where and when to put my hands, and that's because I get out of my own way, and I allow a power greater than myself to dictate what is right and what is wrong. And I do know the difference today because I get out of my own way. So if you're out there and you're struggling, please, by all means, get out of your own way and do yourself a favor. And and reach out, reach out for help. You know, dial dial eight six six four seven two five seven nine two. We'll take your call, and 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 we'll 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 talk to you about what it is, and how it is that we can help you wherever you are. We're heard around the world, but you're gonna have to talk English if you do call in because it's the only <laughs> language. It's the only language I know. So if you want to call in. You know, we'll we'll take your calls at 866-472-5792. When Ellen and I return on Miracles in Recovery, we'll be back in a moment. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
Have you stopped to think seriously about hypnosis? Hypnosis can set you on your way to better health, can free you from anxiety, phobias, and so much more. Join host Inez Simpson for Hypnosis Everywhere, Inez Simpson and the Simpson Protocol. This show is for anyone from the experienced hypnotist practitioner to the merely curious. Inez Simpson offers tools and insights from the whole world of hypnosis with guests and open discussions. Hypnosis Everywhere, the Simpson Protocol, airs live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today with one thing that has been consistent inconsistency. Both healthcare providers and patients have to work around and get used to a constantly changing set of rules and issues. Nurses have historically been left out of this decision making. Listen to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. Health professionals, we invite you to share your ideas and experiences while listening to experts in various areas of nursing. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. When a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, it's probably the most frightening thing that's ever happened to her. Friends and family often don't know what to do for support, not to mention the patient herself. That's where Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio comes in. Join Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin, breast cancer survivors and advocates. They help by providing inspiration, information, and most of all, hope. Tune in Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We Is your health where you think it should be? If you're like most people, the answer is probably not. Where can you get the answers you need to get on the right track? The answers start on Occupy Health. Each week, host Dr. Susan Downs and her guest experts will answer your questions as well as prepare you for questions you'll want to ask your health provider. You'll want to plan for your optimal health with Occupy Health. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. You know, it's it's been a uh, a pretty quick show because we've been talking about something that is uh, very passionate. You know, about about um, how to treat an addict, how to uh, respect another individual. You know, and and like I said, you you can just turn on the TV and see that the world is in a in a chaotic spot where we don't respect each other's wishes, uh, actions, or anything like that. So. I know it's tough, but if you have an addict in your life and they're struggling, don't kick them out. Don't turn your back on them. People turn their back on me all the time, and and you know I I still today, um, I've I've worked through it after being thirty years clean, but I do have awarenesses. I wouldn't say that they're resentments because I've let it go. Uh, you know, a long time ago, but I have awarenesses that those people will do that again to someone else in their path. 
So right. I try to I try to have open conversations with those individuals about remember how or remember when and remember how far I've come because that will allow that individual the opportunity to look at their behavior in my mess or our mess at that time, you know, and not everybody has the, the ability. We, we know people who don't have the ability to let that just flow off their back and they still walk around angry. And then, and the individual that they're angry at are, are, are getting better and then their lives are get you know, their life, they've gone on with their lives and the individuals are still sitting there pissed at the world. Right. And who is that hurting? It's Say the that? individual that's sitting there yeah, 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 in yeah. the world that's getting hurt. Yeah. In the long run, or not hurt, but, you know, their lives don't improve. You know, walking around being upset and mad all the time, that's got to be an awful way to feel. But now, now do, let me ask this question. Something, something triggered that individual's anger. Um, the, the, thing, the, the, the thing that triggered it was an individual who cho- who made a bad decision. I'll, I'll ultimately, the individual makes the right decision, turns their life around, and the individual that was triggered is still angry. Right. Um, there's no way to be able to guide that person back to a happy place without them getting to their saturation point as well. So that's how addiction works, you know what I mean? It's like a it's like a domino effect. It, it takes really one. Is. Yeah, it takes one with the chemical and then it takes many with the mental. And not everyone that it that it mentally and physically abuses has the ability to be able to grab on and say, "Okay, it was because of this that I am this way." Or it was because of Ray that I am this way. I'm using me. I'm not choosing anybody in my family that I'm talking about. But it's because of Ray or Joey or Stevie or Susie or Sally that I'm this way. But they're already they're already on their path to recovery, and I'm still sitting here broken. Right. You know, I don't know how many people willfully look at that, that I'm still broken. Because I think if they realized and recognized that they were still broken, they and would I probably hopefully... About their anger. Right. Exactly. Or their but brokenness, instead, whatever. Yeah. A lot of people seem to enjoy holding on to that, you know, set of resentments, the anger, the, the outrage. Um, because I don't you don't have to take responsibility for you don't have to yeah, take responsibility for anything that way because it's right. everything that happens is someone else's fault. Yeah, I, I truly just see a more perfect of case the in point. Thing. Perfect case in uh, point. I, I, I uh, people were coming into the house. There was a seven-year-old and a forty-nine-year-old walking in the door. I yelled, "Shut the door so the cat doesn't get out." The forty-nine-year-old blamed it on the seven-year-old. What? That individual, yeah, that individual will never take responsibility for their actions because they have the willingness to throw it somewhere else. So if and ultimately when that person gets burned by an addict, 
that's all they need to do to stay in that no responsibility mode. So those, those people, how do you, you know, the, the, in, in a sense, when you look at it, they're constitutionally incapable of helping themselves better. True. True. It's almost um, a blame shift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, my, it's your fault that I'm this way instead of, you know, what's my part in it, like you were saying. Right. But honestly, with, at least with parents, I truly see more that are, you know, scared, sad, and kind of hopeless than the angry ones. Now, you know, with spouses, mm-hmm. kind of a different story sometimes. But, uh, you know, I see more of the sad, scared, you know, and maybe it's just because I'm in a group of people who is trying to get help and get better. You know, and there maybe probably are a lot more out there that are just angry and resentful and, you know, just never going to, never going to change the attitude. Well, I think that's almost like. I think that's almost like, you know, you, you know, you have a room full of 20, how many more are still out there not willing to look and suffer and to multiply it times how many? It's almost At like, uh, yeah, well, it's, it's almost like um, addicts and alcoholics sitting in a, in a recovery meeting, 12-step meeting. It's there for them because they want it. It's not there for them because they need it. Yeah, granted, they need it, but it's because they want it. Yeah, how many people be. behind them are running around like nuts and they need it, but they just don't want it, you know? Oh, so, yeah. well, there are so many people who say they're the one with the problem, not me. Why do I yeah. need to go to a meeting? And, and did, did you ever have that? Did you ever, did you ever think that? No, never. No, never. Mm-mm. I knew that I needed help. No matter what happened, I needed help. I did it for me. Yeah. You know, no, that's right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because you, you're yeah. Gonna, you're right, yeah. Well, you, All right, A lot stop. of people think they're going to tell me. How do yeah. I fix this? I haven't paid and, attention to the dogs for about 50 minutes, so they're starting to, starting to wedge their way in. Uh-oh, so. uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> here I am trying to be serious, and my toes are getting licked. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, but they're sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know something is unconditional love right there. I walked into I walked into Janelle's house yesterday to go get baby girl and she would not leave my side. Not leave my side because she was afraid I was gonna I was gonna walk back out the door and not bring her. Yes, so yeah. You know, show a little bit of unconditional love to the individuals that you bore and the individuals who are your kin, if you want to call it that. And, um, you know, the world will be a, a more awake place. Yeah. You know, I think a, we, we kind of walk around in cocoons. Yeah, and sometimes the cocoons are not nice ones. No, no. And I'm not saying that being nice is always the right, you know, the right way to be. I think, I think I've told you before, you have that hard-to-find combination of toughness and kindness. And, you know, I'm sure sometimes you need the toughness and other times you need the kindness. And you yeah, know, but you just got to figure out when just, to use it at the right times. Yeah, exactly. You know when to, you know, which one to apply. No, in the, in no I, think I, guess, I think I guess a lot and I win quite a bit. No, I, I think it's instinctive with you now. I really do. Yeah, it's true. I really do. And, I, and that's, 
not a lot of people have that, but a lot of you know a lot of you guys that have been recovering a long time do, because you've had to use it over and over and over helping other people. Mm-hmm. It's true. And it's probably true. If, also if you, in if, dealing if, with if, the people if, that were judging you. It's so great to be able to show them wrong, you know, because I know that if I walked back into places that I got thrown out of 30 years ago, 35 years ago, there would be somebody sitting there saying, I knew you'd be back. As soon as I walked in the door, I knew you'd be back. Time never left. Time is not in that individual's favor because, you know, 35 years later, they would say, I knew you'd be back. What the hell have you been doing with your life? Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. And why can't you be happy that I'm coming in here looking completely normal? I'm healthy. You know, I'm living my life. I'm not hurting anyone. I'm helping right. to people. Sh- to share my experience, strength, and hope with you, maybe that you needed it when I did. And you're fortunate right. or unfortunate enough to still be alive dealing with it. Exactly. And it's just, well, we only, uh, have, we only have like three minutes left. So why don't you share with me a little bit about what you said during the break about going to see Warren? That kind of that kind of intrigued me. Uh, well, my brother, um, as you know, is a he was a professional wrestler and he had a TV right. show and he followed bands from the '80s. And Warren was playing in Atlanta, so we drove to Atlanta so that he could introduce them and sing Cherry Pie or whatever their song was. Um, but. My sister-in-law and I decided it was too loud, too weird, so we took an Uber and went shopping. Two eighties. Well, well, for me, yeah, I'm I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. a seventies girl. Um, but it was—I didn't like the whole scene. You know, it's the whole rocker craziness, weirdness. I don't yeah, and, and besides, they're eighty now, and they're still trying to be thirty. So, you know, exactly. I guess. I guess you know those bands. Time time stood still on them, and you know, hey, 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 God love them. I mean, if they can still get out there, like, like uh, the Rolling Stones, I guess they had to cancel their tour because Mick Jagger got sick. Well, what do you mean? Oh, yeah. Of course he got sick. He's seventy five years old. Well, how long yeah, can I you mean, do that guys, for? I guess just trying to make a living, but it's uh, it's still a kind of a strange. It's a strange environment. I didn't really oh, yeah. get into it at all. Yeah. Well, you know something. Gratefully, um, you know, we're here on Monday nights and we're sane and we're talking about how to help and and how to recover and how to do all the things that we do. And you know, I'm grateful that we have this channel to be able to do that. And I don't mean this channel, channel. I mean the channel to get our message out. You know, worldwide. Actually, and right. and it blows my mind, the countries and and the people who listen to us, you know, and and with that, I want to you know express gratitude, and we only have thirty seconds left, Ellen. So with that, with miracles in recovery, hope is in your corner. Stay blessed, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Good night. Thank you for joining us this week for Miracles in Recovery. Be sure to listen again for another edition with your host, Ray Lynch, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a great week. Hope is in your corner.